0: Joseph. And I'm Nick. And this is Fish Jelly. Yes, sir. It is. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay.
1: Uh, I thought I would just talk about it quickly because people asked about the Love is Blind season four. I oh, did... you're jumping right in. Well, okay. I did finish it and I watched the reunion. It, there's no point trying to talk about it at length because the people didn't watch it. It would be boring, but you watched a
0: bit of it as well. Yes, I was uh, present for some of that.
1: What, what were my thoughts? Uh, first off, I hate those metal goblets and wine glasses they drink from. Yeah, those are terrible. And they're in almost every scene. And I, a few years ago, ordered a set because mm-hmm. I just thought they looked cool and I had never drank from one and I hated it. They changed the taste of the wine. They changed the taste of whatever's in the cup yeah i i hated them i hated 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 them (laughs) they ionize your libations then you know if the show i mean i think the production of the show is pretty poor like it looks cheap and slap shot and i hated the interior design of every structure they were in the pods um the couples once they decide because they get a set period for people who don't know this show is um a group of men and women are. Participating in an experiment, they like to call it, where they go on dates where they can't see the other person. They're just talking to them in these pods. And then, after a period of time, they have to decide if they want to propose to someone. And if they do, then they spend another four weeks together, living together, building up to their wedding date. And then on the wedding day, they decide if they're going to say, I do so uh,
0: full of of an experiment with a flawed design
1: oh yeah i mean this is not science at all well the 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 biggest problem is that you know the essence i think of the scientific method is like transparency and data and because this is so highly edited Mm -hmm. we don't know what went down there like we only end up dealing with with maybe like a dozen or so of the people who participated, but there are a lot of people on the show initially, and we don't see everyone's interactions. It's very much curated to push a specific storyline. But so I think, yeah, I, I think the production is poor and what really sets me off is every location. It doesn't matter if they're in the pods, someone's apartment, like they're having like drinks at like a lounge they're all holding these gold goblets yeah so it just adds to how fake everything is and all the restaurants and bars they sit in you know i know like most reality any show they have to get permission to film there so it's never spontaneous but at least most like when you watch real housewives it does look like that's a real restaurant you and i could go to and eat the places that these people love love is blind are going to look like It's like a half-built soundstage that they're sitting in. It looks so cheap. But aside from that, yeah, I mean, there's no point going to the specific people. But it is fascinating listening to people try to rationalize something that seems so... The idea of people falling in love quickly, I don't think is ridiculous. But forcing people to decide
0: after 30 days. Well, there's another agenda going on. The longer you say you're in love, the longer you're on TV. Well, that's the biggest flaw so, of the
1: experiment is that there's an incentive, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm assuming all of these dum-dums want to be famous and have some exposure. So yeah. The if you commit to something, you get more camera time. Mm-hmm. So I I think now we did end the show with four, because there are 12 episodes, I believe, plus the reunion. So the final episode, well, it's actually the final two episodes are all the weddings. So we ended up with four pairs getting married and of the four three of them went through with it one couple didn't but yeah it's like because i think the reality because a couple of couples yeah two of them didn't well i guess three didn't but then one of them ended up reconnecting with a different person halfway through and then ended up getting married but i feel like for the ones who didn't get married they knew upon sight Like once it's revealed what the person you propose to looks like, Mm -hmm. I feel like they knew this was not going to work. Right. But then they still go through with it. That's the part that bothers me. You knew when you saw that man, you didn't like him.
0: Uh, I I mean, it's it's not unlike me, you know, connecting with someone online per se. And then when you meet them and it's like, ooh, this energy is mm, caca.
1: Yeah. And in like real you, life, people know instantly, you like know, oh, I don't like you. So yeah, it just feels that's the part that feels fake. Like everyone has experience interacting with people online. Yep. And then yep. you meet them and you know instantly. So then it's like, how are these people doing it for 30 days? And they're living together. So, but it's fun to scream at the screen and people are annoying. And this season there was a villain. Her name was Irina. Oh yeah. Well, she just, and she, I mean, I just don't understand. I don't know how much money I would have to make to, I mean, I'm sure people think I'm a fool now watching me on YouTube and listening to me on the podcast, but like, I don't know what it would take for me to get on a show and have that kind of exposure, like negative exposure. Mm -hmm. Like what is that worth to her? I don't know what she's, I mean, she can maybe parlay that into a few appearance fees, that well, might last the next three,
0: four, five months. Well, the, for some reason, I remember her name, but with Erica from season one, the 34 year old from Chicago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are people from reality shows who get burned into our brain, but, but not for good reasons. No, but uh, again, did that help her out? Well, yeah, all? that's my question. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, that lady you referred to, I know she had to quit her job and mm-hmm. because of negative um, reception, but yeah, I. Uh, I don't know what it would take. I could, I can't see myself doing it for a number of obvious reasons, but. I think if, if your intention is to go on and have fun and you are a likable person and people seem to enjoy your energy, then I think it could be a fun experiment that 30 years from now would be a fond memory. But for some of these people, it's like, God, you look like such a clown. The one guy, Zach, who's the lawyer. It's like, you're like you are actually like a public figure. Like people will be working with you. I mean, that's your career that, and that people recognize you. Like I wouldn't, even one of the contestants said, I wouldn't hire him as my lawyer. Oh yeah. I wouldn't hire that man as my lawyer. He seems like a weirdo. So, I mean, that's affecting your career.
0: Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, most of them, with the exception of the one couple, that seems like, Oh, that's I guess. Brett and Tiffany. What, what I guess I think that looks like, but then they're boring. But uh...
1: I thought Brett was perfect, though. He there wasn't a single thing he said or did that I thought was obnoxious. Like he just really seemed like. But then like, yeah, you're right. It is boring because if everyone were like him, then we'd just be watching some really lovely people fall in love. Mm-hmm. And that's boring. So it does make for good. I mean, clearly I watched, you know, damn near 12 hours of a show in like three days. But mm-hmm. yeah, it is boring. Anyway, I'm sure I'll get roped into like Love is Well, with this pattern I'd probably end up watching Love is Blind season 7. <laughs> I'll skip 5 and 6 and no. then just watch 7. Um, you wanted to talk about Can?
0: Oh, well, yeah, the the program is now complete with we're told that there're going to be some other there's always last minute additions, but for the most part the the program's complete. Um I guess I I saw an article last week where Catherine Corsini was supposed to be part of the lineup, uh, but she was yanked from because there were some sexual assault rumors uh, going on from a a young actress on the set. So the can committee wanted to wait to see how that goes. But I thought that was interesting. To usually don't hear about things like that going on on a set that was directed by a woman, much less a you know she's an older lesbian. Yeah. Um and I don't necessarily love Catherine Corsini. I've seen she's done like 10, 11, 12 movies now. I've seen probably a, a good deal of them. I really didn't like her last film, uh The Fracture, which I did believe, I think won an award Cannes 2021. But she's a she's a filmmaker of interest. Um but that anyway, she was she still might show up there, but uh, I'm anticipating a few other uh interesting additions because there were a lot of people left out of the mix of course well you have a list of films so are these films you're looking forward to yeah i put together a a top 10 list of most anticipated well go ahead uh number 10 i have cobweb by kim ji-woon which i think is part of the like the midnight section and it's about about a film within a film uh I, i i don't think i've seen a film by him i did not like but so that's exciting to see new work from him uh next the new boy Directed by Warwick Thornton. I need to catch up with Warwick's first film, which won the camera door in 2009. But this one stars Kate Blanchett as a nun, uh, and it's in the Uncertain Regard section. Next is Kidnapped by Marco Bellocchio. Uh, love Bellocchio. This one is about a, a true story about a Jewish boy that's kidnapped and forced to turn to Catholicism. <laughs> cool. uh, then I have. Uh, bertrand Mandico's latest she is conan which sounds like a very odd take on conan the barbarian you're familiar with bertrand Mandico? we reviewed uh his film after blue that planet of women oh that was a very interesting film aesthetically yes uh in his first film i liked a lot too the wild boys so that's in directors Fortnite. so i'm excited for that next is killers of the flower moon uh which i just finished reading that book yesterday that could be a rob zombie movie a great title um god that was depressing to read by the way uh just the these osage indians all of these, these oh you read the book i read it based on all the these ladies in the 20 because i i told you briefly what it's about is that uh the these these the osage indians had been re- relocated to you know we we as a country we gave all the indigenous people like shitty territory we didn't think we wanted but this ended up being oil rich land and they became you know filthy rich and how it was worked is the original members of the tribe had something called head rights and so that they would always just have access to this wealth from the land right and so all these white men were marrying these ladies. And then there was this vast conspiracy intersecting conspiracies that they were just murdering all these people to get their head rights. It's, it's unbelievable reading it. It's, it would I feel like this should be like a series like well, on HBO or something. Apparently it's going to be Scorsese's longest film is what I've heard. Oh. So I don't know if that three or four hours, but I can't wait to see what he's, he's done with it. Uh, DiCaprio are no stars, uh, but it's just so sad to read. Like all of these ladies married these white men. And then had children with them. And the, anyway, ah, next is Club Zero, uh, directed by Jessica Hausner. Uh, love her. Miwa Zakowska stars. It's, uh, I think, about a teacher that gets too close to her students or something. But Hausner is a very interesting filmmaker to me. Um, I've also seen all of her films, and I, I can say all of them are worth checking out. Uh, next is the Turkish filmmaker about dry grasses, Nuri uh, Bilge Ceylan, which is probably three or four hours as well. Uh, and also, it's about a teacher who's trying to relocate to Istanbul from the, some small town. Uh, but he's always a, an excellent filmmaker. Uh, next is May December from Todd Haynes, which Todd Haynes, which stars Natalie Portman and uh, somebody else that I think I like more I can't know what they call like a younger man older woman relationship yes but this is about two women uh, oh. it's, it's about uh, a, a younger actress is going to star as an older actress I think in a biopic or something and goes to study her and so of course it sounds like maybe strange Ingmar Bergman things might happen I don't know uh, next one I'm so excited and happy that Catherine Breatt, her new film last summer, which will probably be her last film, uh, is going to be in competition. She's only been in the Cannes competition once before. Breyat is excellent. I think I made you watch the movie Fat Girl years ago when we first started dating. Oh, and uh, I I haven't made you watch Abusive Weakness with Isabelle Huppert. I don't know. She's such a good filmmaker. But... Uh, this is technically a remake of a Danish film starring Trina Deerholm called Queen of Hearts. And it's an incest movie. They're, they're, I've seen the original at Sundance. Uh, so excited to see that. Uh, and then my number one most anticipated film is The Zone of Interest, which I've been waiting for years for it to get made. Uh, Jonathan Glazer, who you've seen his films Birth. And um, oh, you haven't seen Under the Skin, which is... Like, that, that's a perfect film, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, Sexy Beast. But I've read the book this is based on as well by Martin Amos. And I know that he's made a lot of changes. But Sandra Hewler stars who is in uh, Tony Erdman. She's in another movie in competition, too, from Justin Justine Treat. About a woman that's defending herself for being accused of killing her husband. Anyway, it sounds like a very interesting lineup. And I can't wait.
1: I just noticed on the poll for our upcoming, our next live review, uh, the topic is Michelle Pfeiffer, that Batman Returns is now now in the lead. Oh,
0: see, I anticipated that. That is not what I voted for, but... I was very
1: surprised to see that What Lies Beneath was ahead up until I just checked this morning. So I do want to watch Batman Returns, so I'm happy with it. I would
0: rather watch What Lies Beneath, but uh, I voted for Up Close and Personal. Do you want to explain what you learned about that movie? Well, I said you're reading something. Well, I finished Killers of the Flower Moon yesterday. And because we talked about doing Michelle Pfeiffer, I've had this book Monster by John Gregory Dunn, who was married to Joan Didion. And they wrote several films together. And they wrote both, of course, many books. But it's about their experiences writing the script for what would become up close and personal, because technically it was based on the life of this very interesting sounding news journalist who was a coke addict, uh, side lesbian, uh, sex addict th- th- that had all kinds of married a, a gay man that killed himself. Like th- so many, d- just reading about that woman, there's so many interesting facets. And then Disney bought the rights to it, and then they did something, I think like 27 drafts, and it became this romantic. So up close and personal, we all know is a romantic
1: comedy, but drama maybe. But but really, the source is this woman who's you know has this wild, crazy life, and because Disney was involved, they sanitized it down to. So I mean that is when you told me that that was super interesting, but that doesn't translate to the actual film. So I I, I'm not interested in. I, I would watch up close and personal, but.
0: The behind-the-scenes facts are what. So oh yeah. Well, after I finish reading it, I'm watching it regardless. But uh, yeah, I would love to watch what lies beneath again. Too
1: anyway. Uh, there was a couple. There were a couple of questions. I don't know what I said that prompted this, but someone wanted to know what's up with Nick and laundry. So I'm not sure how to answer that because I don't know what I said. I think you said something because you don't m- separate laundry. No, this was before I said that. I think. I honestly don't know what I said to prompt it. So I'm not sure what the answer is, except that you don't seem to like to use liquid detergent anymore. You Mm -hmm. want to use the pods. I like pods, which I think is funny because for all your life, you use liquid. And then now that there are pods, you whenever, like the the times I get liquid, you look at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) Like you don't know how to use
0: it. I don't like it. It's messy. It's just, sticky messy I don't know I've never spilled uh the liquid detergent they're bad for (laughs) the environment technically we should be using those new sheets that just disintegrates or whatever but I mean sure I don't know I just I like I looked
1: into some sheets they were expensive so I I thought well if they can get these prices down (laughs) maybe but I'm sure I'll get if someone wants to email me a recommendation for those sheets I would definitely try them but um yeah So I, so I don't know what the the answer is. And then another question was, do we think our one, once we end up getting like a million subscribers, do we think doing the channel would be as fun? And also do we think having that audience would affect how the show feels? Would it be as fun? Well. I mean, well, you would be getting more money. So that would be you'd you'd be hiring someone to help you. I would have to get help. Yeah, because it's it's too much for me to do now. So I can't imagine with that number of people because well, the workload would be. It's just the level of engagement, like there's just a lot of like, Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm being engaged in many, many ways. And like every day there are hundreds of comments and I feel like I need to go and and want to go through them. And yeah, so I'd have to get like more than one person to help me at that point. So then I feel like I'd be pretty disconnected. I don't think you'd be
0: disconnected. I mean,
1: there, I mean, I can't read all the comments now, Mm -hmm. like it would be impossible because I don't even get the number of like notifications is just overwhelming. And then the, And that's not even including the replies. So when someone replies to something like, Mm -hmm. it's just, if I happen to see it, like sometimes I'll look at the, the, the comments, um, randomly, but yeah, I think because the fun part is seeing people's comments Mm -hmm. because people are funny, uh, so I think. And then, of course, there are a lot of negative comments. And the, the more engagement we get, the more negative comments there are. And that's not fun.
0: So... Has that... Have you noticed that's... Has that grown as well? Is it... Uh... Oh, yeah,
1: because there are more listeners and more viewers. So there are more nasty comments. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, like, directly related or d- directly proportional to the... What are the nasty comments usually? They vary. I mean, it just... Uh, it, it's usually like faggot gay faggot what do you know like that's a common one and then any time you talk about white people oh a lot like 100 guaranteed if i say something about white people then i get comments about that even <laughs> even if i mention white things mm-hmm. like we got nasty comments about me talking about white pumps on the on cereal mom yeah also i guess you don't like white people it's like what i mean literally like stupid comments like that and then uh, that like, that shit is the wind beneath
0: my wings. Maybe
1: motherfucker. maybe me I mean it's like me being stupid, that's a big one. Um oh God so it so it just yeah, it it but the beauty is I I have the ability to like block those people and remove those comments, mm-hmm. but if we had you know ten times the amount of or a hundred times the amount of comments I mean it just wouldn't be possible you would I mean I guess the assistant could I could you know I'd have to have someone managing social media and the comments and they would just have to know because I don't like I you know like I uh, you'd hire somebody did, to your did I, I mention last week about the Snoop Dogg post
0: no you didn't but uh, I, I would, com- uh, you oh. should you'd hire somebody that whose title would be a hate speak monitor yeah I
1: commented on a Snoop Dogg Instagram post a week or two ago and I did it like at three in the morning. I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I fell back to sleep. And when I woke up, I had so many notifications of people commenting and some, most of them were liking the comment, but a lot of really nasty comments and people reaching out to me, like in my DMS. And it was a video he posted of a woman, like in another country, um, she, she, looked, she looked like a young black american woman but she was in another country sitting on a swing and there's an orangutan that looks like it's clearly been trained to take photos Mm -hmm. but the orangutan is like trying to kiss her and touch her and then at one point gets behind her and grabs her breast. so i just commented the exact words were she looks so uncomfortable that's like like that's it pretty innocuous oh my god so many DMs, faggot, faggot, woke, 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 woke. What, what, what are you going to do? Me too, the monkey, woke, woke, faggot, faggot, woke, me too, me too, me too. Like just so many comments. Like, and I was like half asleep. I don't even know why I commented, but the first thing I thought was that young lady looks so uncomfortable mm-hmm. because this big, I mean, monkeys are strong, and the, the orangutan was not the biggest orangutan you've seen, but it was as big as she is, and it just grabbed her breasts. So it's like, I'm sure when she signed up to take the photo, she wasn't thinking this monkey would grab her like that. But yeah, just like the instant. Um, it's just so funny because to me, it's ironic. Like people seem so sensitive, like they just like hair trigger, they, they need to respond to something, but then you also act like Billy badass. And I feel like if you were really that tough, they're not, then you wouldn't be so fragile. Right. Because if I'm such a punk, I mean, I don't ever respond to anything because it really doesn't. I mean, I think people are lying when they say it doesn't bother them. I just don't see a lot of things. But when I do see things, it's like, oh, well, that sucks. But mainly it sucks because I think like this is why the world is the way it is. Uh, Dumpster fire. Yeah. Because instead of worrying about things that matter, you want to troll the internet Mm -hmm. looking for content that is contrary to what you believe to then get mad about it Uh instead of actually doing something that would be beneficial to you. Mm -hmm. Like and positive Um, um, positive, like I could create a myriad of things I could create a list for people just on site like maybe you need to start getting healthy and eat vegetables and get that tooth fixed because your breath smells you probably have cavities and that's why you smell so strong and like you know your kids look dumb maybe you should help them learn how to read and write I don't know it's just so many things you're so miserable at your job maybe you should try to go back to school and get a new career I don't know like there's online school now it's easier just so many things people could do that it seems silly to me to not use social media as a form of entertainment. To me, it's just meant to be fun when I'm on my phone and I'm sitting on the toilet, I'm laughing, I'm just laughing. Like, I think people are funny. There's a lot of funny stuff online. Mm -hmm. That's the main purpose for me and discovering new things. I didn't know, like some restaurant or some cool place to visit. I, I think that should be the main thing when you're on social media not like oozing hatred just literally from every pore in your body just mad Mm
0: -hmm. and that seems really unhealthy and unfortunate because it is and uh you know what that's not me so
1: but um the second part of the question was would this affect this like if if we got so much bigger would it affect the feel of the show i mean we already get comments from people you know like I don't know if i should give specifics but like we'll review a movie and then actors from the movie will reach out oh or directors mm-hmm. or people or you bumped into people who are like the cinematographer the editor mm-hmm. and they're mad um so that already happens but if we were much bigger and i'm still talking loose and crazy would i censor myself a little more
0: um I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't think we're censoring. Like if you watch old Siskel and Ebert, like those two old queens would get into it and and be quite disparaging sometimes. I don't know. Sometimes I say things and I'm like,
1: I mean, I feel like I say things that I would tell the person like your hair was a mess girl or it didn't make sense. Like, Mm. you know, like that hairdo did not make sense for that role. I mean, I, I guess I probably wouldn't censor myself too much. I just think that the amount of engagement is overwhelming. So well, that way might to be, affect me.
0: There's a way to be funny without being mean. Sure. And I don't think overwhelmingly, I don't think either of us are being malicious or cruel, but I'm, I know I've said some things sometimes that are like, oh. I think sometimes, you know, when you like vehemently dislike
1: something, of course that wouldn't feel good to the entity that created it, but it's also like, I'm just a person giving my opinion Mm -hmm. and you know, of course I wouldn't want to hear someone say to me, the thing you did is crap and I hate it. We're never just saying that, but then, but then it's like, but, but if they told me like, I really disliked it for these six reasons and how it could have been better. It's like, well, I appreciate someone took the time. I'm not trying to imply these people whose movies we should on should be like, they should appreciate my opinion, but I do think that it's more palatable. When someone actually took the time because you're expecting me to pay like n- not me because i don't pay to see movies usually but like you're expecting the average person to pay their own money to watch your or consume your art people have a right to give their opinion y'all so sensitive but then if you had a nasty burrito at the restaurant down the corner you'd be all up and through yelp with your one star review and photographs of the little dry burrito to me it's the same thing like you want me to get in my car Spend $40 on movie tickets plus parking and these high-ass concessions. And
0: then I don't like it. I'm just supposed to be quiet about it. I mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> um, that reminded me, I was trying to find it, but, oh, um, the director of Sick of Myself, which we reviewed last week, uh, I think, I don't know who did the review, but the, the director got mad and uh, responded via tweet to this uh reviewed that said hi actual writer of the movie here you're right for the most part except the struggles to flesh out its themes which it doesn't it actually fleshes out all the themes without struggle thanks (laughs) see you can't do shit like that why would you do that yeah but Uh, to
1: that person we did (laughs)
0: like your movie (laughs) i did but also you also have to take into consideration not that people are are lying but uh, people have to they're paid journalists are paid to say something too and why there's always room for improvement and you don't know where somebody's experiences are or taste levels are at. And, and maybe they're just don't align with who you are as an artist either. And who fucking cares?
1: And not that anyone cares about or should believe me, but I feel like, you know, my opinion is really like authentic because I'm not making, I mean, we do get money, but not from people making the movies. So like no one's paying me to be kind about something. And I don't, I'm not interested in being mean because I think it's funny, right? Like I'm literally giving my honest reaction, right? And a lot of these people don't, you can tell that they're saying they like, I mean, there's they're, some critics on YouTube who like, everything.
0: they're pussyfooting around it. And there are a
1: couple of podcasts I listen to cause I find them amusing that like everything. And it's like, I don't know if they're afraid to be honest, but, um, I do need to take a quick break. Hold on. Okay, is there more you'd like to say on that topic?
0: Um, the topic of shitty people, shitty, ignorant people. Um, <laughs> no, well, I, I'd like uh, Judy, I could go on singing, but maybe let's move on. Films released we didn't cover. Judy Bloom forever. Judy Bloom! Um, next week. I, I'm actually quite excited to see. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Um, and Judy Bloom was also featured in the Sigourney Weaver film, My Salinger Year. Uh, but I remember Judy Bloom as a youth reading her books. Uh, and there's a new documentary about her, and we did not watch it. Hmm. Directed by Davina Pardo and Leah Wolchak. Plan 75. Plan 75. I did watch this week, um, and I was. I, I didn't get around to writing about it but uh Debut Chi Hayakawa uh, which played at Cannes in certain regard interesting film it's kind of a sci-fi movie set in the near distant future about uh these senior citizens turning 75 and they can opt into this program that's basically assisted suicide because they're a burden on society and we follow kind of several different people uh And it's not i kind of wanted it to hit harder kind of like the ballad of naryama which is a favorite of mine Uh, but it's definitely pretty good for a first film other people's children i did review this for ion cinema it competed in venice directed by Rebecca Zlatowski. uh and what's her name virginia fira is the lead who gives a good performance and uh, it's like the title says it's about a woman falling in love with a man who already has some kids and having to kind of take that into consideration and the added complexities of it. River River is a documentary about rivers, uh, directed by Jennifer Petum who directed Sherpa and Joseph Nizzetti. I'm, I'm laughing because it
1: makes me think of, you know, the podcast sibling rivalry with R- Monet G- exchange and Bob, the drag Queen sibling rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. They said that one of their first sort of public things <laughs> where they did like some convention, they had a sign made and they, the word rivalry was misspelled as ri- like rivalry. <laughs> so for some reason, that's why I was giggling uh, somewhere in Queens.
0: I'm surprised you didn't want to watch this, uh, but Ray Romano directed a film and uh, it stars himself and Lori Metcalf.
1: Cause you think I like Ray Romano,
0: Lori Metcalf. I
1: like that scene in lady bird where old girl jumps out the car. I'd be, mean, and yeah. I did watch every episode of Roseanne. Uh, yeah.
0: You like Roseanne. Uh, yeah. But I mean, Laurie Metcalf who's also I couldn't the... even name a
1: movie Laurie Metcalf has been in besides Lady Bird. Scream 3. She's in Scream 3? She's three? one of
0: the killers. Yeah, Laurie Metcalf? Or is it Scream 3? Or Scream 2? Oh. I didn't It's even... Scream 2. Sorry. Right? And yeah. I
1: watched all those movies like a month ago and I don't remember. Because
0: <laughs> oh, well, there are frivolous. <laughs> a Tourist Guide to Love. Uh, directed by Stephen K. Shishida. Um, starring Rachel Lee Cook who I don't care for. And I did not watch this. War of the Worlds, the attack. You had said you would be interested in watching this. It's very much yeah. as the title says is about an alien attack. Directed by Junaid Saeed. Uh, if it's streaming, it. I'd check it out still.
1: Projects of interest. There's a Galaxy Quest series.
0: Paramount Plus announced they're moving ahead. There was This was going to move forward in a, the director Dean Pariseau said that they had a 10 episode series that was going to play like a very long film. I think they were all going to go ahead. And then uh, Alan Rickman went, got, got up and died. Uh, and then what's his name? Paul Shear, I think was, do you remember him talking about that? He tall, Paul, tall Paul pa- <laughs> hello, Paul. He was uh, hired to write on that too, but it looks like interest has been revived. No idea if it's got original cast members or whatnot. I don't see how you could revive this without the, uh, original cast, but whatever. Wow.
1: Okay. Movies we watch for fun. Oh, but before that, someone just sent me some information. Um, that starting on April 27th, McDonald's is going to start offering a new dipping sauce.
0: Oh, stop the track. And
1: it's going to be the big Mac sauce. Okay. Is, I don't know that I need isn't
0: that. Like thousand Island dressing.
1: If you asked me, I would say it's thousand Island dressing. You know, I don't know I that I need that on my fries. I can't or Chicken McNuggets. Uh,
0: well, don't, don't, uh, cast dispersions on the sauce. Oh, so okay. you would try
1: it. I like sauce. You do Nick really, really, really <laughs> likes sauces. Oh and yes. Seasoning and things can't be too dry.
0: Oh yeah, no, we want moist, spicy things. <laughs> Even when it doesn't necessarily make sense, people <laughs> Well I like what's that that clip of Joan Crawford uh, where she's blind in that, that night gallery episode and she's like colors i'm like that with yeah favers.
1: always trying to jazz everything up jazz it up i don't know what things actually taste like anymore <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't tell you, you know if you asked me what eggs taste like i would say lemon oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> because I, I don't know what an egg tastes like i know it's a joke for christmas my sister bought me a cookbook that's literally called just add lemon Nick adds lemon to everything. Well, there's no, doesn't add And then action. he
1: likes to watch you eat it, like with this look on his face. Like those memes on Christmas, like mom, single moms on Christmas watching their kids open the gift. And it's that <laughs> little boy looking. That's what you look like. Try to see if I can tell that you put cumin in my oatmeal or something.
0: <laughs> when, uh, cumin is a good one. Lime, dill, you know, because these things don't add extra calories. They add flavor. Hmm.
1: Okay, movies for fun. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, strong flavors, Nosferatu <laughs> in Venice. Oh
0: my God!
1: So Klaus Kinski, is, he did Nosferatu. Yeah, with Werner Herzog. Which is a classic. Yeah, yeah. And then you own the disc for Nosferatu in Venice, which is the sequel that was made how many years later? Uh, the sequel
0: was made in 88, so damn near over a decade. Just to
1: give you a sense of this movie, Christopher Plummer's in it, who I do like. And Donald Pleasance. But to give you a sense of the, the vibe of this movie, Klaus Kinski said, I am not going to wear that Nosferatu makeup again. So he showed up on set, not unlike Marlon Brando okay. in... Um, the island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah, he had his own thoughts on how he would look.
0: Or, or in uh, the Missouri Breaks, where one day he's like, "I'm gonna wear a dress." (laughs) Not uh, Klaus
1: Kinski showed up in a like I don't know how I would call it like a it's like a platinum blonde mullet,
0: Mm -hmm. and no makeup, no
1: prosthetics, no prosthetics. Well, he has teeth. He does have the vampire teeth. He looks
0: insane.
1: Um. But I really like the vibe of the film. Christopher Plummer basically plays someone who's trying to do research on.
0: He's been called in by uh, one of the women uh, to, to help dispatch him. And then Donald Pleasance is a priest that's eating a lot. Uh, and then <laughs> he va- is eating a lot. Evangelist did the score, which I, I like the score, even though it doesn't, it's used to fill in for because there were apparently five different directors, including Klaus Kinski. So this is a troubled way. The
1: best part about the soundtrack is in the end credits. It says that the music is inspired by by Vangelis? Yeah, it's like it's like the, the music's by evangelist inspired by evangelist. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. But, what? Uh, okay.
0: Um, yeah, that was uh, it was hard to sit through It was boring, yeah. I think, but and then it was also alarming once we realized that two Behind of the scenes, two of the women, uh, claimed to be sexually assaulted by him. So those scenes we were watching with him. It's like, oh, he's,
1: and I knew that before we started it. So then it, it really took away the experience cause it felt gross. Like, oh, yes. I bet
0: this is when he was being a creep And because one of them ran off the, the set and didn't come back. But you know, I've read his autobiography, the version that was uncensored because he was sued by several people and it was taken off the shelves. Uh, Including by Marlena. What are you recalling? It that was extra juicy. He, (sighs) he was just crazy. He was the uh, sex addict. I think that his relationship with his daughter Nastasia, who's an actress, I really like a lot as well. I think that I think there were weird. It's he doesn't explicitly say, but it sounds like he was probably molesting his kids that I just thought there were things he was saying there that I was like, Oh, mm. I bet you touched your kids inappropriately, but he is a fascinating, uh, film presence. And I, I usually enjoy watching him. And it reminded me that I haven't seen, cause this is his penultimate film. He only did one film after this, which is his notorious, uh, Paganini, which he directed, which apparently is, I don't know if it's like three or four hours and the producers got mad because it's filled with like pornographic sequences. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm not
1: interested. Anyway, we watched Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yes. I don't is... know why you, you just put it on and then.
0: Well, you I think you were still in your illness era last weekend. And uh, <laughs> I I was like, oh, I remember that this was a favorite of mine from childhood.
1: It is pretty magical. I it mean, is. I can imagine being in a theater in 1980, whatever, or uh, th- like thinking this is, you know, like quite a ride. Uh, and Harrison Ford is... Very handsome. He's very handsome. And uh, Short Round He's so Kwan. cute. He's yeah. so cute. I hated, hated the main lady. Kate
0: Capshaw. Oh, you, my God. You and my mother. Uh, oh, Jana. I, I hated... Oh, but her singing in Mandarin to Anything Goes and the the opening of the movie is so good. All she does is scream. She does, yeah. And
1: she's not cute enough to have that attitude. She really thinks she's something. She's no Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know why she's acted like that. <laughs> and then her hair bothered me because she has curly hair. And then in like they're in India right Mm -hmm.
0: sleeping in a cave and Mm -hmm. her hair looks like it's been blown out and oh god I couldn't stand her she's no um Karen Allen from the first film but uh I I I think I have such fond memories of she doesn't bother me but I, I thought I think she's supposed to be played to comedic effect but yeah, she, she did not succeed in my book, but I would watch the first one. Raiders of the Lost Ark is it. the best. It's so good. Anyway, looks and smiles. Uh now I'm also in um pre-can mode, so I'm trying to catch up with which I do every year uh with past works of people that are in the program that I haven't seen. And Ken Loach who You know, he's been directing films since the 60s, and I've seen a lot of his films, and there's a lot I haven't seen. Uh, But he directed this film called Looks and Smiles, and it's uh, okay. It's about two young men in Thatcher era, England, kind of just realizing that options are very limited for them. What's most notable is that it's written by the same man, I think his name is Barry Hines, who wrote Kess, which is one of Ken Loach's best films about a little boy's relationship with a kestrel, a, a falcon. Manderley Manderley. Uh, it was, it came up as being available on movie, and I'd never seen it. And I'm like, let me watch Lars Van Trier's uh, uh racism movie. Uh, oh, that's what I was peeking. Yeah, I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> you know, I think it was not successful, which is what it it's supposed to be part of a thematic trilogy. The the washingtonian trilogy i don't remember the name of the trilogy off the top of my head that's st- started with dogville and nicole kidman was supposed to be in this movie and then she dropped out for scheduling conflicts but i don't i feel like that's not the reason she dropped out but uh i don't know that bryce dallas howard works for me in this film either but it's got some interest there there are moments where i'm like oh this is fascinating and then there are other moments where it doesn't work whatsoever uh but but again, like all of Lars Von Trier's films, really interesting to watch. Uh, but it reminded me that I, I probably will do a secret film one day for Dogville because that is one of my favorites. Hmm. Violent cop? Uh, yes. Uh, Takeshi beat Kitano. His first film. Who's who's an actor? Um, What started out as an actor, but has amassed quite a notable filmography as well. This is from 1989, and it's kind of a Dirty Harry style cop movie. And it's interesting. It's uh, I don't know how involved it is. Somebody else was supposed to direct it. I'm forgetting who, uh, and and he kind of took over. But yeah, very. If you like him, that that's worth. starting out on i've only seen one of his outrage films that's a trilogy and uh he's got a new film i forget the name of it that's i think in the midnight section or something i can but they, he has a few films i want to catch up with the nanny marco bellocchio also filmmaker i love but a ton of stuff from his past filmography i haven't seen but this stars uh valeria bruni tedeschi as uh it's like turn of the century rome and her husband's a doctor and he hires this woman to uh, uh, nurse the son he just had because his own wife can't it's like she's she's not producing milk and then of course the uh, uh, you know the kind of fallout that happens from those kind of relationships but it's based on a short a novella by uh, Pirandello who Bellocchio has adapted a couple works by that very famous Italian author
1: leningrad cowboys go to america
0: okay aki karismaki's leningrad cowboys <laughs> aki cares yeah that's Am a great I name right? uh, finish uh, a tour he had a trilogy of films about these this band called the leningrad cowboys i didn't really care for it i thought it was kind of boring and there are two more i have to get through thankfully they're short uh the only thing i enjoyed is seeing very young and handsome jim jarmusch in a cameo shadows in paradise, uh, another Aki film. Uh, he, this is part of his proletariat trilogy. Um, I really quite enjoyed this film. It's about a garbage man and a sales clerk kind of falling in love in the social context of where they're growing, where, where they're living uh, very odd. It's kind of like a film filled with moments more than it is a narrative, but there's a narrative. I, I highly enjoyed it. Blackjack uh ken loach film from 1979 which has the feeling of like uh mark twain kind of i forget the name of the writer whose book is based on basically a children's adventure story um about this frenchman who survives being hanged and the two children that he ends up going kind of on this journey with it feels a bit meandering but it's interesting and when it was re-released god a damn near a decade ago everything that's printed on it is saying oh it was west anderson's and one of his inspirations for moonrise kingdom and i guess i can see that but that is blackjack is definitely a different vibe than moonrise kingdom overall lastly good morning night not lastly because you skipped one but uh bellocchio film about the 1978 kidnapping and assassination of the italian prime minister um which I liked well enough and I saw Bolochio did like a four part TV series called a uh, Turno note o- outside night, which is dealing with the same, same uh, exact scenario in 78, but telling it from all kinds of different uh, perspectives, including the, the prime minister's family, ex- the kidnappers, etc. So that was interesting. I, he Bolocchio likes to kind of take uh extravagant historical moments from italy as his upcoming film is as well but and then i skipped pecker john waters pecker yeah which i'd never seen and it's entertaining it's cute and sweet um i think i'd avoided watching it for so long because at least a, a small handful of people, I think, at one point in my life told me I looked at Edward Furlong, which I hated that. I hated hearing that. So I think I've, I always avoided seeing him. And he looks fine in this movie. It's 1998. And I like Christina Ricci. And Mary Kay Place, is, his mother, is very lovely. And it's so sad. You know, she's suffering from dementia now. But, uh, yeah, it, it's worth watching. All right.
1: Unfortunately, there are entries in the obituary section. Barry Humphreys passed away, who most people know as um, Dame Edna, Mm -hmm. the drag performer or the drag queen, I guess. Well, I don't know if he considered himself a drag queen. I didn't know that Barry Humphreys was not gay. I also didn't realize he was Australian. I, I guess as a kid, I assumed he was British. We just saw him in a movie we talked about, too. But he passed away from complications uh, from surgery due to a fall he sustained earlier this year. But Aww. he was 89. Um, I think that was... Oh, Spice Worlds. Oh, he was in Spice... Uh, I think seeing Dame Edna on some variety show in the early 80s was the first time I ever saw someone like that. And I don't know that... I remember being surprised when I realized that Dame Edna... Is a man
0: mm-hmm.
1: like I thought Dame Edna was just like a crazy old lady, who, mm-hmm. so yeah. But <laughs> and then th- there is a documentary you watched out of Sundance called Kokomo City, mm-hmm. and one of the subjects in the documentary, uh, her sort of like stage name is Coco the Doll. Mm-hmm. She was killed last Tuesday, yeah. Um, her real name i want to make sure I have that, and I had it here. Rashida Williams. Um, yeah, she was shot and killed. The director of the documentary, uh, he said that he created the documentary because he wanted to show the fun, humanized, and natural side of Black trans women. I wanted to create images that didn't show the trauma or the statistics of murder of transgender lives. Uh, I watched the documentary with you, mm-hmm. I thought it was very good. I I, I think the subjects were captivating. Yeah, um, I while he didn't show imagery of uh, trauma and violence, many of these women face, they talk about it a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's not void of that. It, it's actually kind of hard to hear. But I think knowing that this woman was murdered, it's, you know, I mean, it's tragic, but it's more so because, you know, in this documentary, she talks
0: about mm-hmm. violence and Kind of always being afraid and it's kind of like the feeling of paris is burning when like by the time it came out most of these people were dead yeah but i mean it's it's you know i don't know how many people have to be the victims of violence before things change but well a lot has to change really is what the problem is it's just overwhelming because there's so much unhappiness and desperation and hatred and well in hearing
1: you know i can try to stumble through why i think um, there's so much violence against trans women, but hearing these women speak for themselves is very powerful. Mm-hmm. like, and and they very eloquently explain, you know, toxic masculinity and all the reasons why men who consider themselves straight interact with them, but then oftentimes interactions result in violence because mm-hmm. of fear. and I mean, i I can't, I mean, I obviously can't relate to that being a trans woman but i can certainly relate to a very small percentage of just feeling like afraid because of who i am that i can't help and knowing that i could be confronted with that at any moment Mm -hmm. but certainly not at that level so i just you know the amount of strength it takes to
0: i think people live
1: authentically like these women do and to even be able to articulate like i'm afraid i know Mm -hmm. that acts of violence are around the corner potentially i mean that's just like it's just inhumane that we all just sit around and turn a blind eye to a lot of things. Yeah. So that's why I feel kind of hopeless sometimes. Like, I don't know what needs to happen. I don't know how many mass shootings need to occur. It's how many black wrong. trans women need to be murdered. Like the list goes on and on. And what changes? I feel like it just, there has been change. There has been progress made, but it's just, you know, <laughs> Yeah, but we swing back and forth. It's like, yeah. it gets things get hopeful. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we're, we're, we're you know, in Florida, we're going to take, uh, trans children away from their adoptive parents like Mm -hmm. oh god why that that like that's what we want and i know why politicians do that scare people and get their attention but it's like it causes so much harm
0: it does cause a lot of harm but it also means that it's it's not that i like to see regression but it's it's, there are so many things that still need to happen and it's only going to happen when people get riled up enough to care Also, it's kind of like abortion now. Again, I think for decades we were, we felt comfortable, like, like we'd conquered that and now look what's happened. So sure. But even if you care,
1: I feel like a lot of people who do care feel paralyzed. Like, okay, I care, but what am I supposed to do? It bothers me that this is happening. I don't think it's right. But what am I supposed to do? Like,
0: You know, I I, I, I don't know, it sounds simple, but just being kind, just going out there and and being kind and caring and and being aware. Like I just saw Dominique Jackson posted something on Instagram that really bothered me. It's this young trans person sobbing in their car and because they were in some store like CVS and overheard some stupid fucking woman like being (sighs) sounding incredibly transphobic from whatever they were saying, and this person got so upset that they, and and felt guilty that they couldn't defend themselves, and was unsure of how deal. Like, hadn't confronted that kind of just bold, violent hatred, and you know, I think that happens to all of us is when it's directed, when it's directed at us specifically and how paralyzing that is we need to be out there helping each other for things that don't pertain to us per se i agree and Uh, i think that that is where it starts it's like we have to start caring about other people and when you see something doing something not putting yourself in harm's way but it's like i can imagine if somebody else besides this trans person in this cvs or wherever it was heard this woman saying like you know shut the fuck up just shut the fuck up. Or not up.
1: even that. I mean, I don't have a I mean, I wouldn't recommend people get confrontational. I think, well, you know, again, staying, no in, in, line, staying way. in line with your comment about kindness. I think offering, you know, a hug or a pat on the back or letting someone know you see them and, you know, try to cancel out. That does go a long way. But I think that many people do care and they do engage in acts of kindness, but it's, I'm definitely a more negative person. Like, I'm definitely half glass empty or glass half empty. So to me, it feels like, well, what is that going to do? Like, like I will do it, but nothing changes. So I feel like a lot of people probably become complacent because...
0: But you have to think, you don't know what somebody's going through. And sometimes it's just a little act of kindness of seeing somebody that's like, that can that can save somebody from doing harm to themselves or others um and and i'm not saying go out there and be a saint or take things on because we're all it's fuck life's overwhelming and don't you can't take on everything but i'm saying if you have the energy if you have the strength i don't know like i am but i'm the type that i i will say some shit,
1: but again Well, I definitely don't recommend that. Do not be confrontational. I think you can take that energy and be kind and and instead of put energy into the negative portion of the equation, you know, offer kindness to the one being hurt. So I definitely agree with that. I'm just saying, if, if the question is, why does this continue? I think part of the answer is people just become complacent and it's not because they don't care. It just feels overwhelming. Like there are too many things you know, because it is overwhelming, and then you want to yell at me because I post about cow's milk. It's like, so that's what you're mad about the oh, cow's god. milk? Like, <laughs> oh my I posted god. a meme about cow's milk and I got some nasty comments. Like, oh god, really? Yeah, because so, I it was something like y'all snore cocaine and are alcoholics, but you draw the line at cow's milk, and then you know it's like, well, that's not funny. There, those are serious issues, and like, oh god, okay. Oh, well,
0: there's also like, it's also. Uh, I thought
1: the shit was funny, and it's true. Some of y'all out here. A cesspool of disease, mm-hmm. and don't sleep. Smoke cigarettes. I've watched you do drugs, and then it's like, oh, you shouldn't eat hot tamales. The refined bitch, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. But anyway, um we'll take a break and come back with the secret movie. All right, the secret film this week was my choice, and this is a selection that someone recommended that shot up to the top of my list because I, I when when they mentioned it, I couldn't believe that I had never thought. To make this my secret film mm-hmm. it's the 2002 american romantic comedy drama film juana man
0: is that really what it's credited as <laughs>
1: oh my god uh, directed by jesse vaughn uh i don't know has jesse vaughn done anything
0: else jesse vaughn yeah they have done something else but previous to this did a lot of music videos i know for like brownstone and oh i love brownstone yeah um I'm trying to think of who. Oh, in sync. Okay. Well, anyway, it stars in living color episodes.
1: It stars Miguel a Nunez, Jr. Vivica Fox, Kevin Pollack, Tommy Davidson, Kim Wayans, uh, genuine's in it. Little Mm -hmm. Kim's in it. The, (laughs) the story is super basic. Miguel Nunez plays a professional basketball player. Who's like a bad boy, which ends up getting him suspended from the league indefinitely. And then he loses everything. Mm hmm. And they make it seem like it happens in like 24 hours. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. But he he gets inspired by watching some young people playing basketball that he's going to basically like, I wouldn't say he's dressing up in drag. He's doing like female impersonation Mm -hmm. to get a contract with the Women's Professional Basketball League. Mm -hmm. And he does. And he becomes a star. It's very predictable. It's
0: also very overnight.
1: Because he basically learns how to not be an asshole yeah and and not selfish and through that becomes a star but then it like it all culminates with the final big game for his women's the women's basketball team he's on <laughs> he's like doing a slam dunk and his wig falls off <laughs> and somehow everyone in the world didn't recognize that jamal Jeffries. Or that Juwan, because the character's name as a woman is juana man mm-hmm. no one recognized that juana man is actually jamal jeffries <laughs> but when that wig falls off they're like no <laughs> and then of course there's a backlash and then there's like a five minute you know moment where things aren't going well but then he decides he's going to go back and apologize and then he goes back to the commission and mm-hmm. they realize he's learned his lesson so now He gets to play professional men's basketball again, and he's also found love and he's found love with one of his female basketball team members, Vivica Fox. Um, This movie is terribly reviewed and I don't think it's that bad. It's not, it's not good,
0: but it's not as bad as people make it seem. I don't think I feel like Miguel Nunez's career would have gone a lot differently had this been a, a success.
1: So initially,
0: I really didn't care for him. I think we were both kind of like, ugh. But then,
1: maybe like a third of the way through, once he gets into his
0: drag, then it's kind of funny. Then
1: it's kind of funny because he kind of. Let's start with who we thought he looked like. Oh my god! Because it was... he... I thought he looked like Gail King, but then you said, and this I... sent me. You said he looked like Stacy Dash's mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he looked like Stacy Dash Mama, or like a mix of Stacy Dash and Tyra Banks. Um... And then another person I kept thinking it was Lynn Thigpen from Where in the World Is Carmen? Yes, that's
1: right. Um,
0: so he actually, you know, I don't. I'm I
1: sure people, you know, would rip it apart as being problematic. I actually didn't think it was that, because it's not about him. A, a lot of the stereotypes and jokes that you would assume would be in the movie aren't. I mean, there are like, you know, I, I don't know. It's a little more sensitive
0: it's funny because you watch things from the early 90s talking about like trans or gay things in disparaging ways and watching like something like juana man or the hot chick with rob schneider it's like you could tell that the writers were trying to um convey some positivity because there's a scene i don't think it works well but it's interesting where he gets pulled over oh we should talk about that
1: but yeah i i think I I think it's more palatable because Juana man is not meant to be trans or, you know, Jamal Jeffries is not gay. Like this character of Juana man is, it's kind of like Mrs.
0: Doubtfire, like it's a means to an end or Tootsie yeah, or um, sorority boys.
1: And the romance, I mean, there is, I I think one of the funniest characters is Tommy Davidson's character. Mm -hmm. He plays like a rapper who's in love with Juana man. Mm -hmm. And so of course that's like, well, you know, the joke is that this guy is in love with a woman who's really a man, but the jokes aren't necessarily like, well, it, it, you know, how can it, he not tell? And even in the end, when he realizes Juana man is Jamal Jeffries, he still says, I, I, I still love you.
0: <laughs> which is very much like the end of some like it hot when Jack lemon reveals that he's a man in that little boat. And the guy says, well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> you know,
1: I used to work, you you know, I used to work in a salon that played movies. Um, and so we got to pick the movies and they we only had like 30 on rotation, but one of them was some like it hot mm-hmm. and gentlemen prefer blondes. Uh, th- there are several, but it's funny that you mentioned that movie because I think I've seen that movie a hundred times and I don't remember anything except the end.
0: Sugar, <laughs> sugar.
1: Um, Jack Lemon is so good. I'm just going to go through my notes. So Jamal Jeffries, Miguel Nunez's character is just like, I mean, he's just a caricature of like a pro athlete who's just about women and spending money. And we, the the opening scene is him driving to work to like the stadium in his H1 Hummer and the Hummer has like a portrait of him on the front, like instead of a license plate, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought that is something these people would do. Uh, but initially I think we were thrown off because. Miguel Nuñez doesn't look like he would play professional basketball. No. He's not
0: tall enough. He just he... which is why they make a point to show somebody smaller than him on the court.
1: And then yes, there's another player who is much shorter so it's like that actor must have been like 5-4 then.
0: There is no way. There's a no way you he would play professional basketball.
1: Cuz I think a short basketball player would be someone who's like 6'2, 6'3. <laughs> and then the problem is they do have basketball players are taller in the movie so it just seems really off but you know speaking of um how joanna man looks i think she actually looks like a lady Mm -hmm. the problem for me was she looks old yeah she looks like she'd be in her late four i mean like my age old like too old to play professional basketball Mm -hmm. I, i think that's why
0: it looked weird she'd be she looks like somebody who'd be in her kamala harris era
1: yeah or or dmv employee era
0: <laughs> oh no the hair is not that bad is it
1: i think it is her hair looks like um oh who's the actor in uh in the movie friday ice cubes mom you know what i'm talking about uh she's also in the tv show amen with sherman hemsley
0: oh yeah 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 um and she has a,
1: a a really fun she's name. in
0: the tennis anna maria horsford yes right okay
1: Joanna men's hair is like Anna Maria Horsford's hair in Friday. Oh, God.
0: Okay. So it, it
1: like it's very um, woman.
0: What do we just see her in where she played a social worker that swoops in and takes kid?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What did we see her in? Um, so everything happens very quickly. Once like we're at Jamal Jeffrey's house and he's having a big party, uh, you know, like all these women, even the little Kim is there is his girlfriend mad. And then we see on the news that he's been suspended indefinitely. And literally, as soon as the news says he's been suspended, everyone at the party walks out Mm -hmm. like, wow. And then we get like a little five minute moment where he loses everything.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then he even makes a comment that makes it seem like he went bankrupt in a couple of
0: days. He's like, I've had a rough day.
1: Yeah, he goes, I've had a rough day but like so yeah you went bankrupt in like three days i don't know there is a funny line though his accounts, his business manager is like telling kevin
0: Kevin Mm pollock
1: well uh telling him he's broke and jamal goes chapter 11 what happened to the first 10 chapters
0: (laughs) there's another funny line because kevin pollock's at one point is like this is black male it's like no it's not it's black female yeah that was funny um the joke's are oh well you know they're
1: not where they need to be an example right. would be so jennifer lewis jennifer lewis ha is in it and is um, not ruby or something and uh, the same character in every movie in every movie she's ever been in but um and she's never quite right because she looks too good and she's too young to be jamal's auntie
0: she does look too good and she's with these other old ladies and it's like she's Jennifer Lewis is still kind of pop. Like she looks good. Yeah, they're
1: all playing cards. And then it's like, Jennifer Lewis looks like half the age of the women she's playing with. But speaking of jokes that don't work, one of the ladies is like, Ooh, this bra, like I got to take this bra off. So you see this old lady, take her bra off, like through her shirt. And then when she takes it off, First of all, not only does it look like she's still wearing a bra, but we can see that she's still wearing a bra. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, these jokes are flat like that. Like the yeah. obvious joke would be that when she takes her bra off, her breasts go down to her knees or mm-hmm. her lap. So I think the the, the the film really only works because they're within this film. There are only two actors who are very strong comedic actors, Tommy Davidson and Kim Waynes. Mm-hmm. And those two are funny.
0: Well, yeah, because if you see Kim Waynes in the background, she's always mugging (laughs) and and
1: it's funny so i think that's the problem with the film is that everyone else like little kim is pointless i mean she looks great minus her hair Mm -hmm. look like an orange popsicle but um yeah the jokes just aren't there kevin pollock to me is
0: funny he's funny Mm -hmm. but um then i had a but it's very much like vivica who looks great has except for the that one leopard print dress she's wearing with that ugly red trim.
1: Yeah, from the Michelle Visage collection. Oh my
0: god! But it's very much like the Jessica Lane character in Tootsie, where it's just like you're just this love interest, and that's all you really are. Yeah,
1: Vivica doesn't have much to do, and it's also kind of like how do you like how can you not tell that this you know if because Vivica's character thinks that Joanna Man is a woman, how can she not see that this woman is like attracted to her? Right. And then, and, and that's fine. She can have a lesbian friend because the other ladies on the team are probably lesbians. Kim too. Wayans,
0: I would bet was supposed to be a lesbian.
1: Right. But so, so it's not about that, but it's about like, she, she's also like staying in the same room with her and letting her rub lotion on her. Like, why would you do that? If you know, this woman is clearly infatuated with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course there are the obvious scenes. Like there's a point when Vivica takes Joanna to a spa day. So of course her trying to not reveal that she's a woman which actually they don't play it for that as much as like vivica's getting a massage from a beautiful woman so juana's all excited like oh a beautiful woman's gonna massage her but then it turns out to be this big burly man Mm -hmm. um but i think probably the most interesting scene is juana man's late for a flight (laughs) so she is like driving like a madman, and a cop pulls her over and initially you think oh boy she's going to have to start flirting with the cop and the jo- and the joke's going to be that the cop is attracted to this, you know, cross Or it's
0: going to be Officer Dullard and Tuong Fu. Or something like that. But they flip
1: the script because the cop, it turns out, is in the process of transitioning. It doesn't work because the cop looks like... He started transitioning today. Yeah, like I, I, I kind of wish they would have made the cop, like, when he takes off his glasses and helmet it's obvious that maybe he's started hormones or something sure but it's also 2002 uh-huh. it's just that the man who played the cop looked very like oh like you wouldn't expect to, it yeah. yeah like i kind of wish that it would been a little more obvious but that was a pleasant surprise that the cops like because he he makes Juwaneman get out of the car and, it, and initially you think oh he's checking her out like checking out the goods mm-hmm. which he is but he's doing it because she tells him i've had surgery to transition so he's looking at her work, like, "Oh wow, I'm about to get my surgery. Your mm-hmm. doctor did a great job." He says, "Like, like
0: something like I'm a thousand dollars out." And like yeah, oh, he's like, "I'm still a thousand dollars away." Like, okay, yeah,
1: <laughs> but I thought that was interesting. It was. I'm sure people would have an issue with it, but
0: well, yeah, again, it doesn't work, and it doesn't it certainly doesn't feel well researched. But you know what else doesn't
1: work? There, one of the women on the on the team, Joanna Man's playing on, is a character. I think her name is Magda
0: oh that she's like she's to from be Serbia, Serbia or, something. or something
1: she can't act no that poor thing
0: <laughs> oh the film where Anna Maria Horsford we just watched set it off because she, she's the one that swoops in and in takes, Kimberly, oh, Elise's takes Kimberly
1: Elise's baby yeah <laughs> um Kim Wayans because mm-hmm. I'm assuming her character is supposed to be a lesbian but she's also acting very mannish <laughs> as my dad would say like is I think hilarious. Yes, she's very because anytime you see her, even when the camera's not focused on her, she's being funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we watched this on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were commercials. Yeah, there was a T-Mobile commercial featuring John Travolta and Zach Braff and uh, the other guy from Scrubs. Faison. Faison. Donald Faison. Donald Faison. That was very uh unnecessary. I felt like. I was having a bad trip. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it looks like things that shouldn't be mashed together, and people that look a little worse for wear. I didn't like that. But getting
1: back to something I liked, Tommy Davidson is this rapper, so he he gets he goes on like a double date because Vivica's character is dating the singer Genuine, Mm -hmm. who's playing like a popular R and B singer in the movie, and they go on a double date. I thought that was probably the funniest scene in the movie. Is Joanna on the date with Tommy Davidson? And he's all excited and she's so mean to him. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Tommy Davidson is polishing his gold teeth. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really funny. Well, but Joanna gets really s- drunk. Screams. Yeah. <laughs> Joanna gets really drunk to tolerate the, like, the date and she has to go pee. And so she stumbles into the men's restroom. And kicks off her heels. Kicks off those heels and stands at the urinal and is burping and farting. And I thought that was so funny. And I know people would think it's problematic now, but it didn't feel, it just felt very honest. Like, cause I think what also makes it kind of work is Jamal Jeffries doesn't seem concerned about dressing as a woman, right? Like he's not making like his character is not trying to do things to prove he's a man. Like we pretty much only ever see him dressed as a woman once he starts. Mm-hmm. And, Yeah. He doesn't do things like, Ooh, gross. Don't look at me Or Mm -hmm. So I, I think I appreciate that in 2002, they didn't go out of their way to make that sort of the butt of the joke. The problem is they didn't bother to write any other jokes.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Again, it's not a great film, but it wasn't. um... And of course it's not something as deliriously strange as like Pooty Tang from the same period. (laughs) No.
1: At the end, when Jamal gets to play for the men's uh, team again, the announcer's like, the only man who has played for men's and women's professional Mm -hmm. leagues. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Um, And then this movie has the distinction of having the weirdest end credit bloopers I've ever seen because they weren't.
0: They weren't really bloopers. They weren't really
1: bloopers, but then there were some sprinkled in. So I don't know if they thought these were funny because they weren't funny either. I don't know yeah if anyone has watched the end credits and remembers please comment because i i just didn't understand what the purpose was of (laughs) just pat out something to put on the credits something to put in the credits i guess um i like the soundtrack sure it's very 2002 it is but overall what would you give this movie two i would give it two out of five Ah. i think it's you know it's you'd be okay on an airplane, I guess. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's not funny
0: enough to have like, I'll put it on in the background cause it won't catch your attention, but it, re- it may be, I haven't watched Mrs. Doubtfire in years. So maybe you want to rewatch that or and Tootsie. I could watch it. I know time. I like Tootsie. Yeah. But yeah, I need to rewatch Mrs. Doubtfire. But you know, that all of these films have that problem with, they get into the good graces of the female lead. And then after the reveal, they s- still a uh, relationship is possible. I would have, I don't know. It, well, yeah, I mean, it's it it doesn't delve into like I knew you as a woman. I and knew now you as a woman, and you knew I said things to you that were very emotionally vulnerable that I wouldn't have said to you. The story doesn't make sense on many levels, but it. I, I was surprised
1: that I wasn't more bothered by it, and sure. that there are moments that I do think are fun, and I, yeah, but no, it's not a good movie. <laughs>
0: What do we have coming up this week? Oh, several many things. There's uh well, Guardians of the Galaxy three. I don't know if that you're seeing that with me, though. No, because I'm going to
1: Universal Studios that day. So it'll depend on how tired I am. So probably because the screening is in Burbank. So it's not that far away from Universal Studios. We'll uh, see.
0: So there's that. There's the big George Foreman movie. Uh, The Black Demon. The, well, we already saw it. So but that video is coming. Yeah. Out. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Um, RMN and, uh, we have to watch, uh, master gardener this week. Okay. Which I'm very excited for you to see.
1: Well, that's all I have. Do you have anything else you want to say?
0: And then we're recording. Um, Oh, in a couple of hours we're recording.
1: Well, my episode of bad game movies, bitchy gay men comes out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I'll share that link. I'm, cringing thinking about how it turned out because i had the amount of technical issues i had during that recording is profound like profound (laughs) yeah so i don't know how bill is going he said it wasn't that difficult to edit but it it was painful to get through so i hope Mm -hmm. i'm still a delight but i'll but, but i'll share it no matter what and then in a couple of hours we're recording our episode of the dsm podcast Mm -hmm. diagnosing sitcoms and movies podcast Mm -hmm. i won't say what the movie is yet but um i hope that'll be fun i'm I'm nervous
0: (laughs) you'll be fine you'll be a delight uh
1: but that's all